0: For famous villains, so much of the public consciousness of their identity is thanks to the actors that play them, and the unique spin that they put on that character. If things had gone a different way and these famous villains had been played by someone else, then who knows what the characters would look like now? I'm Amy from What Culture, and here are 10 iconic movie villains almost played by someone else. 10. Eddie Redmayne as Kylo Ren. The Star Wars sequels. One thing that I think most people can agree on with the Star Wars sequels is that Adam Driver did a really good Kylo Ren. Little do most people know, though, that he was far from the only person considered for the role. Virtually every young actor in Hollywood was in the crosshairs at some point. One that we know and love is Eddie Redmayne, an actor probably best known for the Fantastic Beast series. After revealing that he was once in line for the role, he also revealed that he had a catastrophically bad reading for Kylo. Owing to The fact that instead of real lines, for the audition he had to read a section from Pride and Prejudice, but in a bad guy voice. For some reason, he opted to do this in a breathy Darth Vader impression. This definitely isn't what the role needed and it's fair to say that we're all very glad Driver ended up as Kylo after all. 9. Reese Witherspoon as Amy. Gone Girl. It is so hard to imagine now anyone at all depicting the psychopathic mastermind that is Amy other than Rosamund Pike. She played the role so perfectly, with such an insane edge. Nobody, in my mind, could actually replicate that. Unbelievably though, before Gone Girl was undertaken as a project by the team that went on to make it, the one and only Reese Witherspoon had purchased the rights to the Gone Girl IP with the intention of producing the film herself and starring in the leading female role. Reese Witherspoon, as great as she is, was not built for this role like Pike was. It sounds like a niche complaint, but Witherspoon has such a soft, friendly-looking face and general demeanour, whereas Pike has demonstrated on multiple occasions that she can perfectly embody just the worst people. Eventually, Witherspoon was convinced that it was the best thing for the story to hand the role over to someone else, and we can only be thankful that she finally saw the light. 8. Kathy Moriarty as Cruella de Vil, 101 Dalmatians Glenn Close as Disney villain Cruella de Vil is such an iconic image now. The live-action version of the classic story of canine capers is one of Disney's most beloved live-action offerings, and that's thanks in no small part to the performances of the central cast. Close played de Vil as a perfectly unhinged, psychopathic fashionista, going on to inspire Halloween costumes aplenty in the years since. But, believe it or not, she was almost completely uninvolved with the film after having turned down the role when she was first offered it. The next best face they could think to grab was Cathy Moriarty, perhaps best known for her involvement in movies like Casper or But I'm a Cheerleader, which those two are very different films, I'm aware. Unfortunately for her, though, despite the initial interest in her involvement, the production team had to take things in a different direction after they deemed her face too scary for a Disney film. That's just salt in the wound, really, isn't it? Not only did she lose out on a great gig, but they threw an insult in there as they booted her out. 7. Warren Beatty as Bill, the Kill Bill franchise Quentin Tarantino loves to create memorable new roles for classic screen actors, so it comes as no surprise that he always wanted to work with Warren Beatty. When originally conceiving of his grindhouse epic Kill Bill, Tarantino only had one name in mind for the title character on the receiving end of The Bride's Rampage, and it wasn't the Bill we know. Tarantino, in fact, started writing Bill with Beatty in mind. The idea had been that the character would cast a shadow over the movie but wouldn't appear until the very end, inspired by Marlon Brando's appearance in Apocalypse Now. As Tarantino wrote more more of the script, however, one movie spiralled into two, and Bill wouldn't stay put at the end of the story. He started appearing more and more throughout, and Beatty simply didn't want to play a character that would spend so much time in the movie. Fundamentally, he couldn't dedicate that much time to staying on location, so he had to be replaced. Tarantino was probably gutted, but for us, it didn't work out too badly in the long run. 6. Literally everyone was almost a Batman villain. The list of people who almost appeared as Batman villains is seemingly endless. We've got Robin Williams, who lobbied hard to be the Joker in the Dark Knight after losing the role in 1989's Tim Burton flick. Williams was again approached for the proposed Burton sequel to play the Riddler, a role which was literally written for him, but when the movie fell apart he was pushed out again. We've also got David Bowie, who was most strongly linked to the mid-80s Ivan Reitman Batman film, which would have starred Bill Murray as a more comedic version of Bruce Wayne. Picture it, it's basically Batman in the style of Ghostbusters with David Bowie as the villain, which just sounds absolutely crazy. It's not just the Joker that had stars lining up, though. Matt Damon was, at one point, tipped to be taking on the role of the Riddler for the Nolan Batman films. In retrospect, I'm not sure if Damon would have been the right fit for the tone of the films, but it's a fun little slice of info to know that he was almost there. 5. Jim Carrey almost played Dr. Evil, Austin Powers' international man of mystery. Now Mike Myers really had his work cut out for him in making the Austin Powers franchise what it is, including taking on multiple roles aside from the titular agent. One of his most iconic ones is that of Dr. Evil, the bald-headed, cat-stroking evil mastermind who perfectly satirised every stupid villain trope. The role fundamentally wouldn't be the same without him, and at one point it was going in a very different direction. Myers actually didn't plan to play the role himself initially. He had his eyes on everyone's favourite over-actor, Jim Carrey, thanks to his list of good goofy, over-the-top roles, Kerry seemed to be the perfect fit for this tropey take on a supervillain. It was eventually his workload that foiled his plan, though, with Kerry having to turn down the role due to scheduling conflicts with Liar Liar, meaning that Myers bit the bullet and just did it himself. It did work out for the best, arguably, because nobody could have done it quite like Myers. 4. Sean Connery as Hannibal Lecter – The Silence of the Lambs there have been some truly great lecture performances over the years, but the most iconic remains as Anthony Hopkins. For only 16 minutes on screen, Hopkins earned himself a Best Actor Oscar, and if that doesn't show how phenomenal he was, then I don't know what will. It's insane to think, then, that he wasn't always going to play the role. Director Jonathan Demme initially thought Sean Connery was the perfect fit for this smooth cannibal, seeing in the former James Bond just the right mix of intelligence and physicality. Plenty of big Hollywood names wanted the chance to sink their teeth into such a meaty role, with everyone from Dustin Hoffman to Morgan Freeman expressing an interest in playing the cultured criminal genius. But disappointingly for Dem, Connery was not one of them. After Bond turned down the role, calling it disgusting to boot, Dem was forced to go elsewhere and we ended up with Hopkins. Well, Sean Connery, it was your loss really. 3. OJ Simpson as the Terminator. Terminator. Can you actually imagine, like seriously can you imagine a world in which Terminator was now a dead, untalked about movie because the Terminator wasn't played by everyone's favourite muscle man, Arnie but by the very controversial character that is O.J. Simpson. It was when big-name action stars including Sylvester Stallone and Mel Gibson had already turned down the role that the studio first suggested O.J. It seemed that there wasn't an appetite for a role with only 17 lines in the whole movie, with most actors thinking that there wasn't enough to work with to give a good performance. Well, more fool them, I guess. At this point, the former American football star had been slowly building a career for himself as a movie actor. And he certainly had the physical build to play the role. I mean, yes, Arnie is famously big and muscular, but OJ was pretty built too. Cameron, however, rejected him outright. And you want to know his reasoning for this? He said that OJ simply had too nice a persona to ever convince audiences he was a cold-blooded killer. And for legal reasons, I won't be adding anything else to that statement. 2. Julia Roberts as Annie Wilkes Misery Okay, so this does need some clarification. Julia Roberts was never tipped to play Annie in the original Misery film, but when the film was due to be turned into a Broadway musical, she was the first choice. Annie Wilkes is one of the very best villains that the psychological horror subgenre has to offer, and transferring her character to the stage was no mean feat. You'll just have to take my word for this because the chances of you actually having seen it on Broadway yourself are very slim, but the stage version of Misery did actually get pretty good reviews. Kathy Bates did such an incredible job of this role in the original film that Stephen King went on to write two more roles for her, meaning that the bar for her Broadway counterpart was set very high. It was actually King himself who absolutely vetoed the pitch for Julia Roberts playing Wilkes, saying that the character of Annie is meant to be, quote, a brawny woman who can sling a guy around, not a pixie, end quote. No offence to Roberts, but she's nobody's idea of brawny, so it was definitely for the best. 1. Michael Stipe as John Doe Seven For much of David Fincher's Seven, the killer is a shadowy figure on the sidelines. The whole story builds up to the moment that he shockingly turns himself in. With all that build-up, Fincher knew he had to make an interesting choice to play the killer, and his first option was nothing if not out of the box. R.E.M. frontman Michael Stipe's acting experience didn't stretch much beyond playing an ice cream man named Captain Scrummy on an episode of the surrealist Nickelodeon show The Adventures of Pete and Pete. But nevertheless, Fincher thought that the Losing My Religion singer would be perfect for the biblically fixated psychotic murderer. They wanted someone very unexpected, Stipe claimed in a 2016 interview, and it required nothing. All I had to do was run down some hallways and look scary. There was no dialogue. It was, however, not to be, as filming clashed with the band touring their album, Monster. The role was instead passed to Kevin Spacey, and a hell of a lot more dialogue was added. Spacey is truly chilling as John Doe in a way that the man behind Everybody Hurts probably wouldn't have been. But at least with Stipe instead of Spacey, audiences wouldn't feel the discomfort of knowing that the movie villain was a real-life bad guy as well. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.